Welcome to Let's Chat, a weekly podcast dedicated to discussing the Sunday Sermon from Asbury Church in Wichita, Kansas. You are invited to join the discussion on the Sermon Discussion Facebook group page. Thanks for listening. Well, hello folks. Here we are again. It's Let's Chat time. And I am Rick Just, Senior Pastor of Asbury Church. And guess what? We have we have the pastoral crew here for the most part. Jessica, I guess, is not with us, is she? Or Steve. Does she still work here? Yeah. <laughs> yes, she does. Does she? Steve, okay. is, uh, Steve Weathers isn't here either, but no, yes. But he's, he's off today, here. but uh, Steve is uh, going to be back uh, tomorrow night for a meeting we have. Mm-hmm. But we have, since you spoke, and have got to see her right now. This is the infamous Susan Ennis, who is our what? Congregational care pastor. I'm, I'm glad you know. <laughs> <laughs> and to my left is Nathan, the worship leader. Hey, we, and we, Batman fan. Yeah, you know yeah. We, were, we were talking today, Sarah and I. We were talking about making business cards for him, mm-hmm. calling him the little skinny worship dude. There is, <laughs> you know, have business cards. The little skinny worship dude. I'm not that not. little. <laughs> no, actually, he's very tall, but he's like skinny. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, you're sitting there eating chocolate in front of us. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, hey, if you all could be here, it's a privilege. If you all could be here, it'd be just awesome. But uh, this room's only about what eight by eight, so that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're we're here for a reason. We think. <laughs> We've, and, uh, we've already gone down this strange yeah, we, rabbit hole. <laughs> we have, we have. But it's good. You know, one thing about it, we, we enjoy our time here, and uh, we hope you do too. We, we're not going to spend a lot of time today, but we wanted to share a few thoughts with you because Nathan shared a word with us yesterday uh, with really this whole idea of how in the world did I miss it? What do you think, Nathan? Mm-hmm. How, how'd you feel? Did you feel like you got it? Did you feel like you brought it home yesterday? Um, well, I'm not totally sure what that means, but <laughs> I think I got the point across, I hope. Mm-hmm. And it's always a challenge when you're using a lot of stories and, and things like that because you want to weave them together so people go home and get the big idea, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And so the big idea was kind of like we have these biases, we have different things that distract us, and we have these models in our heads of what – church looks like or evangelism or what, what a conversation should look like and does that really match what God's doing or is he doing something else and if he is doing something else then can we somehow contrast so we can see it mm-hmm. I, I liked your illustration when, in the second service I don't think you did it in the first but uh, in the brewery ministry where you talked about the guy who said um he wasn't very sure that the church's agenda was the same as Jesus' ag- agenda. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Tell us a little bit more about that, because you said you've awesome. run across that a bunch. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this guy was just sitting at the bar, and you know he was sitting there by himself. So Only grape like, juice. Yeah, only grape juice. No. <laughs> no. Um, well, he actually signaled to me to come over and talk to him. So, right, right. so I did, and we got into this discussion he told me he was raised in the church, but he's not a very spiritual or religious person anymore. And then he made that statement mm-hmm. that the, he's found the agenda of the religious is not the same as the agenda of Jesus. Interesting. And, boy, I, I have encountered that statement or, or some rewording of it pretty regularly. And that 
that both frightens me, but um, you know, as we've been watching The Chosen, I was just really thinking that same yeah, thing. It 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 shocks me because I'm like, boy, nothing has changed in two thousand years. I mean, it feels shocking to me, but maybe it's just become visible to me more recently. I don't know. Well, you've you've seen this chosen, right, Susan? Or at least yes, a portion I'm, of it for sure. I'm halfway through the second season. Yeah, so loving every minute. And of it's it. interesting. I mean, you've probably seen some of the comments. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but to me, it's just like okay, Christian type people. Would you relax just a second? Because they're trying to get a message across here. And they're not trying to, they're not being heretical or or, or filled with blasphemy. They're just sharing the message a little bit different, taking a little liberty. They're not trying to make the Bible something it's not. But my goodness, I mean, you've seen some of the comments. I have, which it just kind of floors me that they're assuming that the Chosen was made just for Christians, and so we should all get on board, right? Or, or the, the people who are making it should get on board with what we think is appropriate for <clears throat> biblical theological constructs. And I think, no, you're, you're missing the point of this. The chosen is for those who know nothing about Jesus. We want to get people who have never picked up a Bible to read it. And I think it goes along with what Nathan said yesterday. I really liked how you put that we want to join in the conversation that Jesus is already having with people right mm-hmm. where they are in whatever circumstances they're in. We, we need to quit interrupting in the conversation that Jesus is having with them and, and stop and listen to what's going on in their life because we're missing a lot of opportunities to minister just because of what we assume should be happening in these circumstances. Well, and you even mentioned it to me this morning in your ministry over there about a person who's just at times can be abrasive Mm-hmm. at the brewery church, a brewery ministry, and has actually run people off, uh, which oh. is you're going, no, no, these are the people I'm trying to reach. Yeah, yeah. It's it's almost <coughs> like he kind of assumed that people should have the level of knowledge that he has. And I'm like, well, where's a person supposed to start, especially when yeah. you're you're growing up in a culture full of a lot of mixed ideas? So kind of what do you expect like they're on the journey like let's join them type of thing yeah yeah and you know you guys i had to laugh a little bit at both of you because you referenced like like i'm some crazy man throwing 500 books at you to read but uh <laughs> he is he really is maybe 400 <laughs> i'll have you know susan i read three books last week i am not surprised well it was crazy yeah but two of them were just goofy but be that as it may uh you know that book I referenced and, and gave you, Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby, which is a book that's been around for some time, mm, but it's the so same thing about one of the, the realities of, of experiencing God is that we pay attention, like you said, spiritual antennas up, and see what is it that God's doing? What is it that God's doing? And then he's inviting us into that, mm-hmm. and too often we flip that around. We've talked about it here some, but... I think I let some mm-hmm. of what you were talking about yesterday. Yeah, I think it was pretty clear in that example in Acts chapter 16 because it said the Lord opened Lydia's heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't Paul doing the work. Now, I I thought this was really interesting. I I didn't get into this in the sermon yesterday, but as I was planning, I thought about it. You know, evangelism like 
training methods. There's these step-by-step methods, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy to cling to that strategy a little too much mm-hmm. and miss what God's doing. I'm not saying they're all bad, but I'm saying, like, you can apply them <coughs> yep. in, a, in a formula, magic mm-hmm. formula way that actually misses the relational component. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about just all kinds of stuff like that. Well, I was preaching a revival one time up in northern Kansas, north central Kansas, and I had a guy actually get after me, get after me for not having an invitation that included the four spiritual laws. Huh? Yeah, he was mad. He was upset that I didn't go through the four spiritual laws that you've seen the little booklet that people give out. And um, I said, well, you know, I said, do you suppose that's the only way that Jesus gave an invitation? Because I gave an invitation for people (laughs) Mm -hmm. to come to faith or renew their faith or whatever. I just didn't go through the four steps that came through like Campus Crusade or Bill Bright or some of those others. Right. And and I thought, wow. Yeah. <laughs> he got hung up on that. On that. Yeah. Well, and again, I like how Nathan put it. He said, what is keeping people up at night? Because we're, we're quick to think about what's keeping us up at night and put that on other people's lives as well. Whereas if you, again, stop and listen and hear what other people are saying, then you can get on with their agenda how not their agenda necessarily but how god is speaking to them what what could you speak into that you feel like jesus is trying to tell them be a part of you know that conversation because there's a lot of stuff keeping people up at night right now exactly you know i I did a I did a something similar in in a church i served and i asked this question what wrecks you you know because we're trying to move a different direction much like we're doing here trying to you know provide some ways that how we can be the church. But what wrecks you? Well, people didn't really want to be honest with that. Because if, if, if something wrecked them, then that would suggest that maybe they didn't have their act together. Well, hello, none of us had our act together. There's stuff that wrecks us. If we'd be honest, we'd sure be a lot farther along, I believe, in our faith. Mm-hmm. Have we created some kind of, I mean, people just do this naturally, I think, um, sort of a group pressure thing where we all put walls up, mm-hmm. which is the opposite of what we were supposed to do to be the church, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. And, and, you know, we can all get caught up in that because nobody would want, you know, we're part of the pastoral team here at Asbury Church, and, and we sure wouldn't want to be seen as if something was wrong with us. We've got anything going on. Or if we've got stuff happening mm-hmm. or if we're really struggling, and mm-hmm. I guarantee you by looking at both of you, <laughs> and you looking at me, we have stuff going on. I know better, yeah. And there are some things, honestly, that we can share, and there are some things that we can't just because of confidentiality, whether it's in somebody else's lives or even in our own lives, yeah. that you know confidentiality plays a role. But we have to own it that there's some junk going on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so how are we being invited into that? How You know, this morning... I texted someone. I saw someone yesterday at church, and I thought, you know, I don't know. I don't feel right about something. And so I, I texted her. I said, hey, everything okay? And actually, it wasn't. Uh, and so didn't go into detail, but it just wasn't. And so it's just one of the things that we pay attention to. You know, it's okay, mm-hmm. and we don't have to pry any more than that. If they want to take the next step, we'll talk about it, pray about it, whatever. So, yeah. 
I yeah. think it's easy to to fall back into that older mindset that if we clean ourselves up enough, God will find us acceptable enough when it's the opposite. We need to be bringing in the broken and the hurting and working well, have on you it read all your together. Bible? Yeah, exactly. Look at those low lives. <laughs> Man. Well, well, there it goes to the uh, kind of the point we were making. Like we have these assumptions about how God works mm-hmm. and, and some it's not even in the tradition. Like if you if you look at a statement of beliefs, nobody says like, Oh, you need to be perfect or or there are these requirements of perfection to be a leader and all these things. But we're we have somehow started operating that way. And if you look at Moses and some of them, like, boy, th- that's not who you would think to pick, like, to be a leader. Yeah. Well, oh, wait, my wife's really my sister, just so you know. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that was, <laughs> Abraham. That was Abraham. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, there, you just go on and on. And then you think, how in the world, how in the world could David be a man after God's own heart? Oh, talk about one you know? messed up dude. Yeah. And yet, <laughs> yeah. look at how it, how it came. I mean, you look at Psalm 51, which really helps us understand that. I mean, it has to do with repentance and confession. And folks, I'm just here to tell you, you know, if I'm going to preach a sermon right now, repent. <laughs> I mean, confess. I mean, yeah. that's how we're going to get cleaned up and be right before God. Well, that's where God can enter in right? exactly. and, and work it out with you. Otherwise, but, we're putting the shield up. I think the other side of that, though, which Nathan brought up, which I appreciated, was... Paul and Silas are like beaten within an inch of their life and put in prison. And that's part of how God is using them. And I'm thinking I would be the same as what you said yesterday, Nathan, that, you know, if I was attacked and and thrown in a hole somewhere or something, you know, this afternoon heading out from work, I would think, well, Lord, what have I done wrong? Right. Whereas you just never know how that's all going to come out and that not everything is like, airy fairy happy just mm-hmm. because you know god's doing something with your life mm-hmm. but if you think about i mean if we kind of keep this on task with being the church you know and paul has this plan i really like what you did he you know got a strategy we're gonna do asia we're gonna conquer asia for the lord and all of a sudden he has this dream the holy spirit says no you know man from macedonia is calling all mm-hmm. of a sudden Plan A goes to plan B real quick, or C or D or E, whatever it is. And they're they're there, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit, if you're Wesleyan folks, the prevenient grace was at work to prepare Lydia for them to come, but be that as it may. You know, here's Lydia, then here's the Philippian jailer, and all that. I, re- I really like what you did with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had to go through some serious pain, <laughs> yeah. you know, to get, well, I guess the result, and... That's kind of disturbing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> not, not what we expect. No, it makes me think, like, well, what am I going to go through? And I feel like I've, I mean, I haven't had anything like what he went through, but, you know, the last year with the brewery church has not been easy at all. Well, and you throw the COVID Struggles. mess in, and that, you know, that didn't help, yeah. you, obviously. But we can't blame everything on COVID. Right. For right. sure. Mm-mm. Because, you know, we still want to tend to hang on to the way we've always done things or, or this or, you know. So that's not all a COVID issue. It's forcing us to innovate. It is. Yes. It is. And if, I mean, apart from the the terrible virus that it is, the situation, I mean, you know, with with like for Michelle Arbelez and situations like that, I mean, it's real. It's real. Mm-hmm. 
But if somehow if we can separate ourselves a little bit from that and see how it's caused us to look so much differently at ministry, the way we do things, uh, what we need, what we don't need, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, we could we could really freak you listeners out by s- some <laughs> things we could say here about what we do not need to continue on in ministry here at Asbury. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go slow, okay? We'll take it easy on you today. God is gracious. Yes, we'll take it easy on you today. But uh, yeah, Nathan's thinking. I can see him ready to pop in there with something. Yeah, I was going to say that goes hand in hand with the homework assignment I gave. Exactly. We really did lose at least the in-person Sunday morning experience for mm-hmm. a while last year. Well, I guess that was this year too. Wasn't I don't it? know. It, it was all, both. It, it, I don't know what years. I don't even know what month it is. You know, it's so, all a blur. Yeah. I'm curious. I mean, I. People texted mm-hmm. me to tell me they were going to do the homework. Have you heard any any answers, or did you? I have, have any not. Ideas? I just know some life groups were looking at it last night. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, really mm-hmm. curious. You know, I thought about that too. It got me, yeah, got me thinking. Um, I mean, for those who maybe don't know, what was the question? I mean, if you'd throw that out there for them, if you can remember how you worded it. Yeah, there's a guy in California. They run a church planting organization, and in order to help their church planters figure out how to be the church as opposed to just making a another church, they give them this homework assignment, and it is design your church. And you got to think about the people in your life and in the neighborhoods or whatever city you're, you're trying to reach, but it's design the church, and the only rule is you're not allowed to plan a Sunday service. Mm-hmm. So it, it forces you to take the focus off of a Sunday morning service or or programs, and and think about this on a more relational level. If if church is really the people and not a worship service, well, this is going to force you to think that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which then, as we've talked a little bit amongst ourselves, you know how much time and energy we put into that Sunday morning experience, quote unquote. Yeah. And in all that happens there, how much energy are we really putting into? any amount during the rest of the week, whether it's a Monday, Wednesday night, any, whatever day, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Because I don't see, I still don't see in Scripture where it was that one hour or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, Paul says, leave me alone, I'm working on a sermon, you know, <laughs> don't bug me, yeah. hold my calls, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll get back to you Sunday morning. Oh, it's, it's sacred, you know, we're not going to do that. We got we have a service. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get nervous, people. We're not totally freaking out, but there is some things here I think we need to really be thinking about. Mm-hmm. How are we going to be organic in the things we do? How are we going to be relational in the things we do? How, how are we going to be intentional in the things that we do? Vulnerable in the things we do. Oh, I don't like that word, though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. I, I sent a thing out a couple years ago for a Wednesday night class and I, in it, I said, in this, we may find ourselves being vulnerable. A person wrote, what's he mean by vulnerable? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a word that people don't want to mess with. Very uncomfortable. Yeah, because well, I'm not going to, I'm not put my guts out there on the table. Mm-hmm. Well, that's know? that's the conundrum. Laundry. That is the conundrum. Mm-hmm. It's because we have all seen, like, when we share something that that is vulnerable, somebody used that against us. I mean... I, mean, I don't know what you guys have experienced mm-hmm. like that, yes. but I have. And in the past in ministry, I'd been invi- advised by by people I respected, 
don't tell, you know, people in your small group or whatever anything personal. You know, you need you need to have friends in a different church to talk to about that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, wait a second, what are we doing here? And yep. I know they had been burned before, but I don't know that that means we need to not be vulnerable because I don't think ministry works very well if you're not vulnerable. Well, and that goes against everything that really, if you think about, at least historically in our denomination, let's just talk about Wesley, that goes against all of that because you form the classes, you form the bands, you form the accountability groups, etc., cetera, um, for the very reason, you know, to help walk alongside, be there for one another, yes, confess, and so forth, but yeah, you can see where we've come, you know. And yet, again, going back to those people of faith who are messed up, Wesley's marriage was a, a train wreck. It was. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, Interesting. we've got to remember that, you know, he's he's doing these things and telling people to come alongside each other, but who came along him, uh, alongside him in his marriage. Yeah, so. there's, a, oh my, there, there's a, all sorts of conversation yeah, we could have about that. <laughs> so and he and his on. brother early on about some of their own courtships and stuff as mm-hmm. far as, <laughs> as refusing communion to the brother because he dated someone that John was dating. I mean, on and on. It was, it was messy for a while. Yeah. They, and they, uh, they so, I mean, that, I think that does show us, though, that, you know, God works in, in all of our lives as mm-hmm. messed up as we are, you know. So okay, let's 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 go to that epic, epicurious quote. Yes, if you would bring that up, because let's talk about that for a minute. It is impossible for a man to learn something that he thinks he already knows. Yeah, interesting. That's a killer. That's like a mm-hmm. paraphrase of it. It's very very close. Yeah, ninety percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's just so accurate because we can convince ourselves that we know, and so. We don't need to hear it from anybody else. We know what we are, are thinking or doing, and then we find out we are terribly wrong somewhere along the way. Well, here's a little silly illustration I can think of back mm-hmm. at a, I think at the first church I was at, and there was a person there, and we got talking about the Bible and and uh, translations and stuff. And of course, this person, the King James version, was literally from the words of God Himself. Okay. And so I said, okay, I mean, I was raised on the King James Version, so please don't get me wrong. I mean, I memorized the King James. I mm-hmm. learned yeah. it from that. Yeah. Uh, and the Holy Spirit works through, I mean, but I said, you know, you realize, you realize, we're talking 1611, the year 1611, when that translation really came out, the good king's English. Yes. And, and Koine Greek is really not good king's Shakespearean English. It's the common English of the garbage heap, if you yes. will. Yep. And that, and I, I said, so you know, so what happened sixteen hundred years before then? Oh no! Oh, and they, I mean, they would not even have the conversation. <laughs> and I was just trying to say, well, yeah. well, what about? I mean, it wasn't English. What about the Greek? And how did it get to the Vulgate, to the Latin? And then, I mean, so how did this happen? No, we're not. No. It's all about King James. And so I already, I mean, that person knew it and was not going to go to anything mm-hmm. that, it was a she, I think, that she, uh, I mean, was refusing to know. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's interesting. Okay, so I've I've seen non-Christians and Christians kind of have the, the debate over translation, and I've seen the extremes mm-hmm. where one, one side says the Bible's full of contradictions and translation errors and all these things. 
and the other side says it has none. Well, we've been talking about how we, we've we found some interesting translation problems from the original yeah, Even in yesterday's yeah, text. Mm-hmm. Into yes. English, where, yes. where something very important was lost. And so, like, I still think the Bible is trustworthy. It is Absolutely. God's word, right? Yes. But in this collaborative process between scribes and editors and all this, like, they, they still gave us an amazing book. But it's like, those non-Christians had, like, a little piece of it right, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yes. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's probably not to the degree perfect, that they think but, it is. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, t- t- here's the illustration I think Nathan's referencing yesterday when he referenced the spirit of divination in Acts 16, 16. Mm-hmm. This woman had the spirit of divination. If you look at it in the NIV, she just had a spirit. That was it, just a spirit. So Nathan and I were talking this morning, so I brought it up, and I was looking at it in the Greek, and I go, man, I have never read this, even though you referenced it yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was the, the, python. the python spirit, Numan's mm-hmm. python. Proper noun. Know, proper noun. And, I mean, and it, was, it was Greek mythology. It was pagan. It was all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But why did the NIV translators choose to pull out the word Python, and why did others choose to put it in? I mean, it, that's an interesting thing, and I know we're not really, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not where we want to spend a lot of time, but mm-hmm. if we think we know it all, we maybe don't know it all. Mm-hmm. See, I, I would say uh, in this discussion, when you go down that rabbit hole, I think you discover the Bible is even more incredible than we thought. Exactly. Yes. I think so it's I, awesome. I don't yes. think there's anything to be afraid of there. But we, we do get scared of this idea, like, oh, wow, translation errors? Like, that's mm-hmm. terrifying. So I kind of think sometimes we run the other way. Mm-hmm. But really, if you trace it back to the core, like, it, it's just that much more fascinating of a book. Well, there's sometimes yeah. that the translators, it seems like they're out there to protect us. They act like, well, we need to protect you from this. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to put the word Python in there because – we don't want you going down, like you say, a rabbit hole. Right. Let us decide. Yeah. Let us read it. Let us decide. Let us wrestle with it. Mm-hmm. Let the Spirit do his thing. Yes, I have I have a particular beef. I mean, I usually read the ESV, mm-hmm. but I, I have beef with their Genesis 2 translation because mm-hmm. they use the word day to refer symbolically to the entire period of uh, translation. No, it's, it's beef with the NIV. NIV yeah, took NIV, that out, yeah. and ESV left it. Yeah. So th- I think that's interesting. Like, wait, why can't you let me figure that out? Yeah, there's a little slant. I mean, folks, you got to understand, every translation has its element of bias. It just does based on its scholarship. So, you know, all, you know that's still not saying God's not speaking. It's still not saying that the Holy Spirit's not at work. Spirit is. But... Let's just own that and then wrestle with the text. That's why it's good to look at several translations. Yeah, more. You, that's why we push so often here to look at more than one translation. <laughs> Compare two or three to see what, well, and I, there's an app. There's an app for that. There's an app. <laughs> and it's called Blue Letter Bible. And so when you were talking yesterday at the second service, I went to my <coughs> Blue Letter Bible app and I pulled it up because I had never seen the new Moss Python thing either. It's Python. It's pronounced differently. Yeah, it's in, in the, the Greek, Greek. But anyway. O-V. Looks mm-hmm. like an O-V. But yeah. So uh, 
I just thought, wow, like you say, something I had never even seen before. So even if you want, if you're like us and you're a little Bible geeky, if you get something like the Blue Letter Bible app, it, it has an interlinear, interlinear Linear. section mm-hmm. where you can look some of this stuff up and go a little deeper if you want to, because the Bible always does prove itself reliable in the end. You just sometimes have to do a little digging. Okay, let's reel this thing in because we've mm-hmm. kind of wandered about, which we do in here. Be, you know, if, if it's just <laughs> what? chatting, Us? that's what we do is we chat. But uh, the 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 point, if you were to say, okay, Nathan, if you were to say, okay, here's here's the take home. Here's what I want you to take home from yesterday's sermon. What would it be? I think maybe church doesn't look like what we think it looks like. We we kind of know this but we default to the current model and we're getting to a place where like my friends in Europe, like they are forced to Mm -hmm. get their spiritual antennas up Mm -hmm. and really look at what God is doing. And I, I think we're at the point where we really need to do that. And we're really, we needed to do it before, but we're two generations too late already. Yeah. So it's, it's critical now. I mean, I, I should not I think, say too late. I think that's what we hope we're doing in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you say church, and we, we get this idea in our head that is more program-based or, or a service, and it's very hard to break away from. So the idea is contrast what we know of church with the early church in the New Testament and see if maybe we can learn to be a little bit more like that. Yeah. And it's not to say that we don't acknowledge the culture we live in. We do. And so not everything is going to be apples and apples. However, there are some things that we just need to take an honest look at as we seek to be the church. So, you know, folks, we've got a couple more weeks on this series. Um, fasten your seatbelts. Uh, we have a few things for you uh, as we move into the next couple of weeks. And uh, we don't want to leave it just as theoretical or just uh, as information, we want it to be practical and to, to live it out. So you, you hang with us. Uh, we, we encourage you to be in prayer as we seek to truly be the church. And uh, pray for us as leaders. You're, actually, we're all leaders because leaders have influence. Everyone has influence. So let it be that we would all be leaders as we seek to be the church. And so we're going to come back next week, and I'm going to preach a sermon called Talk is Cheap. All right. Interesting. We can talk about all this till we're blue in the face. Yes, we can. And you know as well as I do, my dear Susan, mm-hmm. being a part of like annual conference and yes. things, we've talked Some about all yeah. sorts of things over the years with all the programs and all the things. And way back in the way back in the day, Vision Two Thousand had all these ideas. We got oh, to two thousand, yeah. then it was the next thing. Well, for Pete's yeah. sake. Yeah. Anyways, so stay tuned. We're gonna be we're gonna be looking at that, and then. Just hang on for the next week. I think it'll be interesting. So, hey, we hope you enjoyed our Let's Chat time. Uh, Put your thoughts and comments on the sermon discussion page on the Facebook, if you will, for Asbury Church. We'd like to uh, take a look at that. And, you know, it's going to be a great time. So, good job, Nathan. Good job, Susan. Thank you for the sermons the past couple of weeks. Folks, uh, you all give them a high five. They've kept the train on the tracks. So, we're appreciative. So God is good. God bless you all. We'll see you. Thanks for taking time to listen to Let's Chat, Asbury Church's weekly podcast dedicated to discussing the Sunday Sermon. 
We invite you to worship with us on Sunday mornings or anytime via our website at www.asburychurch.org, YouTube, or Facebook. Then let us know what you think about the sermon on the Sermon Discussion Facebook page. Have a wonderful day.